Hello and welcome to my session, which will start on time because it's finishing on time and I want to have like 15 minutes of questions because questions are the most fun because they're about what you really care about. And you can ask me really detailed ones like, um, my housemate's annoying me, mm, what do I do? And I would love to answer. So I'm Cecilia McCauley and I've been teaching permaculture for 18 years as my job and making systems. I came across permaculture when I was 22 in England and I read Bill Mollison's book and I said, this is how I want to spend the rest of my life and I have been and it's been endlessly interesting. I've drawn a little picture here. <laughs> Um, which is one of the first pictures I ever drew. Wild and Free is the title of this, but the real title is Swords into Plowshares, No More War. And it really represents what motivates me in permaculture. It was drawn during the Iraq War, the first Iraq War. I have been around. And the reason there's only six colours is because I just started drawing and the pens were $12 each. I've got better and the, the pens have got better. This was my vision for how... I wanted to live my life in future, how really rich people would also enjoy living their life in the future, and how people with no resources could also live their life in the future. That's full spectrum, and it seemed possible. In my ideal future, um, people would work maybe from morning till noon for, 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 for money, and they'd all cycle home because their workplace is a few minutes from their home, They'd see their mates on the way home on their bikes and they'd stop by the side of the road where they'd planted lettuces a few months earlier and they'd have lunch together. And all the petrol stations were turned into olive oil stations and there would be no more war. And it's the interesting thing is that after drawing this drawing, this is how my life was. I'd work in the morning for money and in the afternoon I'd draw permaculture pictures, I'd go declutter people's houses, I'd study Japanese and I did my life mission, which is the work that lasts and stays. And that's what I want for everyone. I found this is a lot easier if we have learnt to live with other people because then you've got like all these resources and you're not wasting all your money on rent and you're not like taking your own rubbish out every, every night or cooking your own dinner and no one's applauding you. So I started my share houses and quite soon discovered that we didn't have an ecological problem, we had a communication problem. There would be like dishes left on the sink and I would feel uh, you know that picture of in the first keynote where the farmers just wanted to deploy a shark to get those um, to get those pests. That's how I'd feel. I've been invaded. I put energy into keeping things tidy for everyone, and this one person left her dishes. And this is quite usual, I found, as I go round, and it was just so cute and hilarious that at yesterday's NVC, Nonviolent Communication Workshop, was anyone there? Yeah. Um, 
the, the, te the amazing creative teacher said, okay, someone, who's got a problem? And I was saying, dishes on the sink, dishes on the sink. And someone stood up and said, it's really small, dishes on the sink. <laughs> so I, does anyone like have a problem in that category that's really small? You don't have to tell me what it is. You just have to, it's something really small with people you live with or work with, but it drives you crazy. It sets off that lizard brain of, I have been invaded. Oh, here she is. Yeah, this is a nonviolent communication teacher. Basically, pesticide and fertilizer free communication. How to not punish and not do slimy praise to get things done. Uh, it's such a blessing to have her in permaculture. So today's presentation, it's different from my usual, it's been written under the influence. Uh, so it's a little bit wobbly. It's not my usual um, um, very um, colourful presentation. It's written under the influence of Bruce, who wrote Dark Emu. Bruce Pasco. So I read that book a few weeks ago and it blew my mind and, and blew my life. And he had a line at the end saying, Aboriginals, ha uh, Australia's Indigenous people in ha uh, have developed a way for us to have peace, something that all the other nations are still looking for because they had a talent for creating invisible fences. Wow. And so this is about all the fences we can create to defend ourselves from people that are going to rip us off and all the fences in our life we have to take down that are keeping us lonely and frustrated and we're banging into. And it's also about the riverbanks that bring good things into our life and resources and about the riverbanks that allow us to squander our energies. So it's about those four things. So. I'm going to get you to do a lot of work. This is 2018, us taking Bruce Pascoe's work into something practical in our lives tomorrow. How to be good and skilled at building the right fences in the right place. How to have less trespass in our lives and more affinity. Less people leaving things on the sink and you feeling lonely and ripped off. And more when your housemates come in the room, you light up because he's an ally and every time you see them something good happens. I am looking for my timekeeper. I need to know 15 minutes, 10 minutes, 5 minutes. All right, I want 15 minutes of talking and we started late so I think I've only got... At the end of the session I'm going to ask you to text or email me like pull out your iPhones or whatever you've got and text me something that you got out of this session. Something that was valuable or something you query or something you want to know more about, something you've got an even better idea about. Because this makes it very alive and interactive. It means you're not consumers. And it means I get rewarded. And I'm telling you now because if I tell you at the end it won't happen. Because to make things come to you in life, you've got to set up ahead of time. To have good communication and resolve um, squabbles, to do it on the spot's too late. You need to do it in advance. If, if I went to one of those farmers that we saw in the keynote talk this morning, Charlie, Charlie's talk, 
and said, mate, you've got to stop using pesticide. He'd say, but the, the grasshoppers will eat my stuff. Then my wife will divorce me and the bank will take my house. Well, and how, how do I do it? And you say, well, it's easy. You plant nitrogen fixes and you get an ecosystem going and you get the soil fluffy two years ago. And he says, I don't have a flux capacitor. <laughs> I can't go back in time. And nothing happens. And it's the same with conflict in the house. Things, the reason I haven't got angry at my housemates for about eight years is because of things I did like 12 years ago to set up fluffy human relationships. So, Bruce, in Bruce's book, he talked about how uh, Indigenous Australians would plant some, they'd leave daisy yam young tubers. And the reason they were confident enough to not just guzzle them, confident enough to leave them, was because they knew no one would eat them till next year when they were ready, because they'd set up their invisible fences. They'd planted a row of really boring grass that the kangaroos wouldn't want to hop over to get to the yam, so they'd forget it was there. They'd coordinate with the other tribes, neighbouring tribes, to make a mosaic of burning so that they'd burn these corridors which would then make all this yummy green shoots in time for the kangaroos to just go along the kangaroo river, along the riverbank almost, of yummy green shoots and leave the yams alone. So it's diversion, diverting them into a river of kangaroos. They're not things that the um, people could eat but they kept the people's things safe. So that's one way of looking at fences and of river, river banks, creating river banks. So permaculturists are really clever at creating invisible fences and a lot of you, if you have companion planted gardens, you're probably doing it. Ways that just keep the insects out without them knowing they've been kept out. You don't want to go here. It's boring. Go there instead. And this is very beautiful force-free way of keeping yourself safe without annoying or forcing other life forms. And this way of being is what first attracted me to permaculture. Wow, I can live a life where no one forces me to do anything and I don't force anyone else to do anything. And it's been 20, 30, um, a lot of years and it's working. Yeah. This is something my woofer made because the, outside my front door, um, one, sometimes you see really nasty notes. We could have put a fence up to keep the dogs out. That's not neighbourly, that's not nice. You don't want a life of barbed wire and you don't want it inside your house and relationships either. I've told you not to do this. Horrible. So this is a current pre-2018, pre-Bruce Pascoe way of having a nice protective defence with cute words. But the, the joke gets old, like, after day two. And I worked out an even better way to do it. If you plant strawberries, there's just a natural fence in people's hearts. They're not going to let their dog wee on the strawberries. That's horrible. And this is the ultimate permaculture fence, going with, not against, the way people are. No resistance. 
not even a sign. They don't have to read it. Another example of that is I used to have balcony gardens. That was my thing. I had a blog eight years. And I'd also have people come rent my house and I'd go overseas for three months and I'd leave them with my balcony garden. It was great. I'd get their rent money. And if I could set them up well, my balcony garden wouldn't die. But I remember my sister delegated her balcony garden to me and I forgot and it died and had a blog on balcony gardening. So the fences are also to protect us from our very human selves. And I soon worked out this amazing fence, or really a riverbank, that got people's energy flowing up to my balcony garden to water my plants every day. And that was the presence of goldfish. If you put a goldfish on the balcony and you tell them every day water the plants and feed the goldfish, they'll forget the plants but they won't forget the goldfish. They won't let a goldfish die. My favourite change teacher in Australia, Les Robinson, says, you don't have to motivate people. People are already motivated. You just have to link your story with theirs and both go in the same direction. People don't want to let the fish die. They go up there, they feed the plants as well. That's what I want you to get skilled at. That's graceful. I may have learnt some of these things because of my time in Japan. Every year I go to Japan, I lived there six years, I teach them permaculture, they teach me Japanese culture. And the more I go, the more I realise they're the same thing. And then, with Bruce Pascoe, I realised, ah, the Aboriginal people are like the Japanese people. Like, we all get in the same bath. And we trust that everyone gets in clean at the end of the day. First have a wash and then you jump in the bath. Like mum, dad, the kids, me. And because it's a rice-growing culture, their togetherness is very strong. That if you get kicked out of the group, you're not going to be able to plant rice and harvest it by yourself. And their fences are also very strong. Don't step in... Step on the tatami mats with your shoes. Don't get in the bath dirty. And I realised Aboriginal culture is a culture of politeness, where manners are the difference between life and death. Don't come and take my... Don't come and shoot the daddy kangaroo. We're taking the young ones. We need the daddy to be there and strong and look after the mummies. So this is very exciting when things converge after 20, 30 years of permaculture. So now I have a, another story of fences you do not want in your house. I had a friend who was depressed, someone I really cared about. She'd had a baby and she was just like, can't get your body out of bed in the morning. Horrible, horrible, horrible. So I promised every Wednesday I come to your house and I cook you food. I love cooking. I'm a good cook. Everyone praises me. It's so fantastic. So I go to her house. I'm going to make lasagna. I get out the chopping board. I, uh, there's a wobbly one, a broken one, a melted one. And I find a chopping board. Then I look for a knife. They're here and there. And then I try and cut the onion. The knife's blunt. They're all blunt because Aussies do not have a culture of sharpening knives. So you've got to <coughs> push. I try to find the fry pan, there's a wobbly one, one's got a good base, one's got a good handle, so there's like eight fry pans, because Aussies do that. Oh, it's got good points, I'll keep it. Save your compassion for people, not stuff. 
Um, I'm trying to light the gas, it doesn't work, the matches are soggy. Soon two hours have passed and the lasagna is still being cooked and I'm walking like I'm in treacle and I'm feeling so depressed. And I realise maybe there's nothing wrong with this girl except the environment she's found herself in plus some other things, or maybe that's a large part. And the permaculture I have, the solutions are so much more than just ecology. How expensive is the depression problem? How expensive is the diabetes problem? Does anyone know, like, what, how many billion dollars is the diabetes industry? My friend's friend has diabetes. He doesn't have a kitchen table. Buy him a kitchen table so that he can invite his mates to eat something he's cooked and so that he can walk to the market. It's a design problem, it's not a health problem, possibly, or in I don't know how much part. For me to believe it's a design problem is good for me because it keeps me working. I've, um, I live in many people's houses because I'm a woofer and I'm a woof host, so many people live in mine. So I know what... The, um, the frustration of the first speaker when he talked about landscape literacy and illiteracy. Like now, because I've been in hundreds of houses, as soon as I walk in the kitchen, I know how tough that person's life is and I just want to make it easy for them. So I'm doing... That's why I do permaculture declutter and reset for people. What a great quote. Though diabetes is increasingly profitable industry, the solutions are embarrassingly simple sometimes. This is an example of a riverbank. So in Bruce's book, the, um, indi some indigenous tribes made these amazing fish traps, and which is a kind of fence that kept the resources in and going all the way to a pond with these lovely strong young men up to their waists, Catching fish. Catching fish like it's supermarket. And that's just so beautiful. The fish haven't been like in jail all their life. They've been having a happy fish life until it's over. And creating these riverbanks so the resources flow to you is something you could get skilled at. Here's one riverbank I made I'm so proud of. It's the world's possibly only self-watering balcony garden. So behind this door is a 220-litre water tank, which would get water from my roof. Um, I asked the neighbour, can I have the water on your roof? And he said, I think I'll have a tank instead. <laughs> um, which is then passively gravity-fed to a 2,000-year-old um, irrigation system, which is buried unglazed terracotta pots, one for each plant. 2,000 years old. The plant is not being forced to drink what it doesn't want. It says, I want to drink, and it sucks it to itself. It's a kind of riverbank. So each of these little gourds is buried in the pot. It's not perfect. It's a great backup system. I can be confident. I can go away for Christmas, and no matter how hot it is, my plants will not die. And that's the fish which protects the rest of the plants, the fish pond on the balcony. One more. Um, this is amazing. I never understood 
bills allow a system to demonstrate its own evolution? I really didn't. And I also didn't understand the problem is the solution until a possum solved my possum problem. So I was about to go to Japan and possums were getting on my balcony garden. They were eating my tatsoi. They were eating my violets. And I thought, I found there's poss off your spray and there's mesh. But I don't like these defences. They're not lovely. And I'm having a balcony garden, so I feel I'm in Eden. I want loveliness, not fences. But I ran out of time. I had to go to Japan. I came back from Japan. And I was sitting, writing my diary, uh, studying Japanese and writing my diary, as I did four hours a day, by my pond. And every morning at seven, I'd hear a rustling. And it was the possum coming home to the perfect nest she had created. And every night at 9.15, with her briefcase, she'd go to work along the telephone wire. And she didn't eat my plants. And no one came and ate my plants. And I later found it's a natural behaviour of possums that you do not eat where you sleep. You just don't. And it's a natural behaviour of possums to scare away all the other possums. It's a natural fence I could have been using all along, but I didn't know about. The possum lived, as you can see, behind my, behind my pond. Didn't, didn't annoy me. She's, she's like living life 30 centimetres from me. And she's no trouble. That's a beautiful example of invisible fences, using the behaviour of the creature instead of me forcing. And just leaving problems to sort themselves out, but paying attention and watching and providing options. I was just lucky there was a telephone wire there that she could scramble along. Here's how I like to manage my housemates. So I've had like hundreds of housemates, increasingly loved. Um, I won't even talk about it, how great my housemates are. <laughs> um, invisible riverbank. I was feeling cold one day, so I turned on the heater. And I realised, ah, I'm wearing a T-shirt. And I'm a permaculture designer and I turned on the heater. I'm so embarrassed if anyone knew. And then, because you don't scold, you don't punish, you don't shame in permaculture, you just inquire. I thought, why did I do that? Thinking, thinking, well, the jumper's way upstairs, the heater switch is here. I'm wasting fossil fuel, but I'm saving my energy, and my life's shorter than the remaining fossil fuel. There's always a reason people do what they do and waste what they waste. Once you understand it, you can design for it. So, made a design, went upstairs, got all my warm and fluffies, put them exactly under the heater switch. So, it's as easy for me to get warm by turning, grabbing fluffies, than turning on the switch. As a bonus, I don't nag my housemates. And they do it too, without me saying anything. So the affinity gets more and more, and the good behaviour gets higher and higher. So I had this house in Annandale, and some people saw it in its early days. Like, has anyone been to my house? <laughs> Three people. So I inherited it from my brother, who had it at like a, a year for five years before me. Um, and by the time I got it, the, the back garden had no 
almost nothing green. It was just clay and rocks with almost nothing growing but some, some struggling trees. And I have photos I'll show at the very end. Made it lovely. And most importantly, great people would come. Like, here I am. I was just drawing a picture for my pregnant sister, actually, of her family to celebrate. She's going to have, give a birth. And this amazing woman turns up. Like, she's, so, she's such a savant of human systems. She's, she was, like, detective like boss of the fraud squad or something. She comes to my house, she's being my woofer, she's finding out the cakes are burning, the reason is, the culprit is, the thermostat. And she's just finding all these problems in my life and fixing them. And here she is, she's um, knitting coats for birds, baby birds. And then this guy turns up and he's soldering something. Oh, I was just passing by. I need to solder something for my system for my TV show on how kids can, how a disabled kid can steer a racing car by the power of thinking. And like, this is my life. I, I didn't set it up. That's the kind of house, that's because permaculture attracts people who are creating the future. There are chickens and honey and things happening. And the reason I'm telling you that was, it works well because I never make anyone feel bad. If someone wakes me up because they're walking really loud, I don't in the morning say, you woke me up loud, I feel sad. Can you please, I make a request that you don't do it in the morning. That's like best practice, but it's not permaculture practice. A designer would instead just, hello, talk to them, enjoy them. And then when they're going out the next day, say, when you come home, Make sure you're really quiet. And they've separated it from causing you pain. Because the people I choose feel pain if they hurt me. I don't want to mention it. I know they care, they're, they're considerate. So I did promise that I'd give you a skill. You may not need it for the kitchen sink. Um, this is the Cecilia... Uh, not copyrighted, but almost should be. Five part, how to not have dirty dishes in a share house and how to never nag. Like simultaneously, design. I developed it all by myself and it works. So the last time I got fe felt someone's left dishes, I stood there and said, all right, you're a designer, inquire into this, what's going on? Well, she could either be late for school or leave dirty dishes and make Cecilia angry. One is worse than the other. She picked the less bad one and she got to school on time. I need to make a design so she wants to do the dishes. And here it is. That, by the way, is Rainbow Valley Farm kitchen sink, very inspiring. It got me to set up my chopping board in the front garden so I could see the passers-by. And it got me opening my mail at the letterbox so I could say hello to people. Don't need to do things inside. All right, so on a scale from one to 10, how good's this design for keeping the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I found this in a permi house. What's wrong with it? How's it aggressive? <laughs> What's that? Mm, demanding. 
pleased was added later. Please is always added later. Don't use that word. Clean the dishes, please. It's always a command. I never use it. Because you're on my team. We're a team. Could you clean the dishes for me? They trust me. I'm never giving disguise orders. Permaculture is powerful when it's honest and that's the only time. All right, gets one out of ten. Exclamation marks like bullets. On a scale from one to ten, how's this? Founded at 3CR radio station. Yeah, it's so much better. I give it a nine. Resist the urge to leave dirty dishes on the sink. Fight for your right for a clean cup. Think global, act local. What's good about it? Serious. And like uh, Les Robinson says, people are already motivated. Find out what already motivates them and latch onto it. It's their language. Get in their world, see the world from their eyes. Yeah, it's inspiring. It, it gets you what you want in life. It's not just costing you because someone else wants you to be, do things different and they've got authority. Yeah. That's right. Like, people say, what's a glamorous girl like you doing? I, I remember someone came home and said, Honey, why is Nicole Kidman cleaning our fridge? <laughs> it was um, Andrea Pape and her boyfriend came home and he didn't know I was staying the night. I'd just given a talk at Permaculture North. And I'm doing that. It looks like humble work because I think I am saving the world and stopping war. I just do. To me, it's just obvious. So, here it is, the five part, how to not have housemates leave dishes on the sink without nagging. So, when I get new housemates, before even they move in, I let them know the house cultural guidelines, formerly known as rules. <laughs> because in permaculture there are no rules, there's just principles or guidelines. And I tell them something that only takes like 20 seconds. I say, in this house, because it's also my office and my studio and we have guests like Meg Ryan and Edward de Bono. We really did. Um, we wash, dry and put the dishes away straight after using them. Would you like to live in a house that always has a clear sink? Would that work for you? This is before I accept them. And they think about it and they say, yeah, I'd like to live in a house that always has a clear sink. And I say, great. And so... At Great. And then they move in and I'm showing them where the light switches are and I say, so here's the kitchen sink, wash, dry and put away. Um, and, and, if you don't have, and if you don't, I'll advertise your room again. But you're lovely, so I'll probably choose you again. <laughs> yeah, because I don't want to talk about it again because I'm not your mum. So I'll advertise your room again and I'll choose you. Um, and if you're really running late, here's a tray. You can just pop them on the tray and hide them in your room. But you probably... Or you can uh, request another housemate to do it for you. They're lovely people here. They know how it feels to be running late. They probably will. So what are the elements of that? And it works. I really never have to mention dishes. So what are the elements of that design communication design. This is the sink, by the way. 
Pardon? Well, so in, in, when you come to my workshop, you're going to be taught never tidy again. We're going to just beautify. Children, beautify the sink. Children, beautify your rooms. Um, I'm like a children whisperer for getting children to do housework. is amazing. So, yeah. Yeah, like um, make bus stops. You just put a tray near every room. Oh, this wants to go home. Let's make it wait at the bus stop. You don't have to put it away yet. Just put it towards where it's going. And children love it. Everything gets on the bus stop and it's a tray, waits for the bus. Or let's make families. All these texters want to be in the text with their friends. And the pencils want to be the pencil family. Worked really well till one day one of the kids made a family of texter lids and a family of texters. Because <laughs> 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 children love families. It's what they love more than anything. They don't have to be motivated. Find what they already love and help them get there. So it's pretty. So that is part two of the design, which is set the DNA. Do you know how DNA works? Just a, pro a, a molecule's a certain way with all these different little protein here and lipid there. And a lipid goes by and says, hmm, I think I'll like do the same. I'll join that pattern. And all the little things that you... That, just get thrown into your tummy in a rough, chaotic way, see a strand of DNA and they copy it. They just feel like imitating it because life imitates life. It just does. So if I keep the sink beautiful and really patrol it, people don't want to deface it with a breakfast cereal bowl with crusty... It's just... It's not natural. So that's... One part, um, keep it really, really beautiful. I've got guard flowers, they're like guard dogs. They let everyone know this is a shrine of beauty and love. And I tell people, um, yeah. All right, what else was in that design? Yeah, set it up early. Like a really old established fence is so much more respected than a suddenly erected fence. Like if, if someone does something that is annoying me, and I can't just say, well, I've got a new rule, you have to do this, because I am not their boss. My job is to be the servant of everyone in the house and make sure they're happy. I can't, like, they didn't sign up for me to boss them round. If I didn't tell them before they move in, I missed my chance. I've got to live with it till they move out. But I always do have a move-out date decided. You know, like six months, three months. All right, we're, so you establish at the, before the very beginning what you expect. And here in retro suburbia are Cecilia's um, house rules, known as Cecilia Macaulay's Good Life in Annandale Agreement and Useful Notes. All right, second is inspire or request, don't order. Would you like to live in a house with clean dishes? Permaculturists don't order anyone. We're masters of influence, not control. We don't control pests, we don't control people. What a waste of energy, ours and theirs. Design in feedback, what happens if I don't have time? I advertise your room. I don't even talk about it. Or put it on a tray and take it to your room. Set the DNA, 
like beautiful sink, and I must be impeccable. I can't leave a glass of water or a buttery Vegemite knife or it attracts friends. Yeah. And that's tough for me every time, but I know if I wash it, it's the power of three washings up because it means two other people won't leave things around. So that motivates me. And have the backup plan. That's take it to your room on a tray that no one actually wants to do. That's my fridge. Works well. You, um, it's a topic of a four-hour workshop, which we're not going to have unless you invite me to your organisation and get me running workshops on how to use permaculture for your life. You can see pretty much every permaculture design principle in this fridge. Any you want to yell out? Stacking. Instead of one big Tupperware, three shallow Tupperwares that go back. You get a lot of... What do you get a lot of? Edge. Yeah, edge. What else can you see in there? Zones, yeah. Um, it's easy to, to get. Everything is grabbable. Says, eat me, eat me. Um, what's that? Yeah. And it's useful diversity. It's not useless diversity. Um, chili ketchup. Uh, like all these jars of things that you never use, like the um, pomegranate molasses. Has anyone got that? What's interesting about how the Japanese set this up? This is Narita Airport. I've been going there for years before I realised. The handles all face out. Someone down there with his humble little job cares to make my life easy, so I just in one action succeed. I almost don't have to look. This doesn't happen in Australia. The entire nation is set up like that to make life easy for each other. So I set up my house like that. Um, hard to make dinner, easy to make dinner. You can see what you've got. After you water the plant, you fill the jug and you put the water back. So in one action, you know it's already full, you water the plants when you feel motivated. You fill it up again. It's already in your hand, fill it up. So succeed in one action, set up the people around you to succeed. When people come to my house, they're good cooks. They don't fight. They're such superior beings and they love me for it. And they don't see that I'm behind the scenes like making you know, filling the kettle after I use it and just making life easy for them. This is a before and after I did on a Skype 30-minute declutter session. This is before and that's after. What differences can you see? What's changed? Yeah, like you fight every time. You own 12 saucepans and you only use three and it's a war every time. Suddenly things are usable. The less you have, the more you have. The less war you have. And then you... So I... This is what I do to get people to, like, pay for me to come to their house and declutter. I sell them a really cheap 28-minute Skype session. And as permaculturalists, you should all use this trick. To sell someone something really cheap. And if they've done it once and it's worked, they'll come back for more. So find ways... But don't do it for free because people often don't implement things that cost nothing. 
and ask them how many dollars worth of value did you get. Well, now I'm not depressed and I'm not going to get divorced and um, my diabetes is gone, so like half my net worth, I guess. Very valuable. Permaculturalists are so valuable. I, this is my house before, when my brother left. This is the garage. This is after, when the Cecilia effect had taken place. Let's stuff more people before, after. We were not poorer. We were a lot richer. The garden before, clay, stones. The garden after, we just made so much soil for years and years. Coffee grounds, in wheelie bins every week. All right, so we're done. And I left this house a few weeks ago and now I live in paradise because the story of my house was on Facebook. Storytelling is valuable um, for Native people and for us. So let people know the story of what you do. Even if the value disappears, the story lights other people up. I am done. you valued it's it will warm my heart oh good idea yeah i'm going to be outside for questions and digesting yeah under the tree yeah cross-legged <laughs> 